The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, it is Thursday. It is 10.05, 105 on the East Coast. I am your host of Secondary Perspective, Nick Ferguson. I'm our host Mario Batanzi at Mile High Mario on, on Twitter. Uh, last week we talked about it, the Avengers. We talked about Kentucky Derby, and of course it was the Manny Pacquiao Mayweather fight. And because of this fight, I, I decided to do something a little uh, different here. And the timing is everything. And just so well, report can come out on Blake Gate, but I'm going to go back to the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, because it all kind of plays together. There was a, a certain point in the fight where Floyd Mayweather, I would say, did some holding. Not, not right now. In boxing, you are allowed to do, you're allowed to hold your opponent. Let's talk about that. You're allowed to hold your opponent, wrap him up, especially to slow him down, to get him a little more fatigued. But Floyd Mayweather, I see more holding in this fight than I've seen in a Sadie's Hawkins dance. And the <laughs> one thing that, that me, it was just the fact that he was tying him up. Like I said, it's part of boxing. But the fact that he kept putting it in a chokehold and getting those extra points. And people were enraged at the outcome of the fight. Listen, it, it was overhyped. It, it underdelivered. But you have to n- go into the fight knowing the style of fight of each boxer. But more importantly, knowing that there's a difference between boxing and fighting. Mike Tyson, he was a fighter. Floyd Mayweather, he's a boxer. And as a boxer, I did go in and get your points. And that's what he did. Mario, when you look back on the fight, what did you take away from it? And were you as upset as everyone else? Well, see, I wasn't upset, Nick, because I didn't spend the hundred dollars to watch that, to watch that fight. So I'm I'm perfectly <laughs> fine with it. And you know what? We we talked about it on the show. I mean, everybody that I know and their mom all picked Mayweather to win but said they wanted Pacquiao. Now, it was interesting you brought up Mike Tyson because, of course, Mike Tyson had some had some things to say when Mayweather said that he was better than Muhammad Ali. Um, but, you know, it, it, he's right. He is a great boxer. He's a great strategist. He barely got hit at all in Pacquiao. Um, I think I think they, uh, Mayweather threw more punches but Pacquiao threw more uh, like strong punches, or I don't know how they how they grade that. I'm not a boxing guru by any means, but yeah, you're right. Mike Tyson would either knock you out or he would get knocked out trying to knock you out, and that's what made his fight so entertaining. And it was either that or he would bite some guy's ear off. That's worth a hundred dollars in my book. But this stuff, and I'm going to be honest, Nick, I didn't see it because I didn't want to spend the money. You know, I, I had no interest in the fight. I figured we could just talk a little bit about it and what happened and hope that Pacquiao wins, but kind of knew that he wouldn't. So Mayweather remains undefeated. And now this stuff is coming out, Nick, that apparently Pacquiao was going to have to have shoulder surgery and he wanted a shot of some sort for inflammation before the fight and they wouldn't grant it to him. So now it kind of raises the question, is Pacquiao really the great guy that we thought he was? Because he knew he was hurt. He wasn't ready for this fight and he just went out there and collected anyway. So you know, it's a little shady on both ends, Nick. It was an unentertaining fight from all accounts and everything that I've heard. Well, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, to criticize Manny Pacquiao. For me, once again, you, you, you had to have watched the fight in order to know this. But for a guy to say he suffered a shoulder injury earlier in his training, but still went out 
and fought about 12 rounds against arguably one of the pound for pound best boxers we've ever had an opportunity to see and held his own. And, and the one thing that I was impressed with, even though I was my own personal reason, but he gave some shots to Mayweather. He took some himself, but there was a point too in that fight. Now, Mayweather's father stood up and actually got in his son's face and said, look, you're not fighting the fight that we want you to fight. You are. You look very scared, and we want you to do more in the fight. And Mayweather didn't do it. And, I, and I'll say this to the cows come home. Mayweather learned something in that fight. And for me, he took more shots in the face in that fight than any prior fight I've ever seen Mayweather fight in. Because usually he's kept, he keeps himself clean. He's always moving. But Pacquiao, I believe, scared him. And if had he gone out and fought the same fight that his dad wanted him to fight, then there was a possibility he would have, you know, a loss on his record. So once again, you can't be angry with Floyd Mayweather. Great businessman. He went into that fight knowing, okay, what well, he's going to win on points. And then after that, he's going to run. He's going to make you chase him. He's going to make force you to make a, a fatal fall where he was winding up with that right hand because he was giving Pacquiao straight left-hand jabs. And because of that arm length and reach, Pacquiao couldn't get inside like he wanted to. So great strategy. Did I pay for the fight? Absolutely. Would I pay for a Pacquiao Mayweather too? No, but here's a question I have for you and our listeners. Uh, you can get into the conversation, 888-346-9144. But who's left? There's, after Floyd fights his last fight in September, who's left? The heavyweight class and a bunch of no-name guys. And I asked a couple of people yesterday, well, do you know anyone in the heavyweight class? They said, absolutely not. Well, what about the bantamweight, felterweight, you know, uh, light, middle, heavyweight? And it's just like, well, what big names are out there? HBO, MGM Grand, the city of Las Vegas, uh, TMT promotion, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao camps alike. Who else is out there and what can we expect from boxing at this point? Will they be overtaken by UFC or MMA fighting? So I don't know, but I, I like to think that UFC and MMA fighting would definitely overtake uh, boxing. I had a conversation. Well, has, hasn't it already though, Nick? I mean, how many people have been talking about boxing? Let's let's think back to before this Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, which has been in the works for what maybe the past year or so, and that's all everyone has ever talked about. Were there any boxing matches in between? I'm asking because I genuinely don't know because none of them, you know, had any clout. You know, no ESPN didn't cover them. None of the big names covered them. It's all been about the hype for this year, and then it was such a letdown, whereas with MMA fights and UFC fights, I mean, it seems like every month they're they're broadcasting something and they're promoting something. So right. in my mind, UFC and MMA have taken over already. Well, well yeah, they, they have, but they haven't officially taken over completely, and, and that's the thing. You know, and, and like I said, I, I was talking to a gentleman the other day, uh, older black guy, you know, of course he was, he's seen more fights than I have, the Hagler and Sugar Ray fights and, and some of the, the earlier fights with Muhammad Ali. And he was like, well, that's never going to happen. And I said, well, name a big draw, a box office draw that you would want to actually see in pay-per-view. I mean, he really couldn't give me that. I said, well, you can't even give it to me and you're a longtime boxing fan. So, so what do you think is going to happen after this Pacquiao Mayweather fight is over? Tim Bradley is still looking for someone to fight him. He was uh, the guy who beat earlier beat Manny Pacquiao and gave him a loss and then came back and lost to Manny Pacquiao and had a, la- a draw his last fight. So what other fighters are out there that you, anyone, go out and, pay and give their hard-earned money to pay-per-view to see another fight? So to me, I'm not going to do it again. I did it because it was proclaimed to be a historic fight. I wanted to see it. I wanted to see if, you know, my foretelling was true. And it did come true, even though a lot of individuals at my, my fight party were, were upset. I'm like, if you know the fight game and you know both fighters, you already know what was going to happen before the fight took place. Were we, were we robbed? Yes, we were robbed. Call everyone else 
Jesse James and just call us the individuals on the stagecoach because we were robbed. But it is what it is, and, and that's all I can say. It, it doesn't make sense, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's the only thing you can say, man. Honestly, it is what it is. There was a lot of buildup for this fight. There were a lot of people that were invested in it. I mean, literally invested in this fight. And it wasn't everything it was cracked up to be. How many times have you seen that, though, Nick? You know, something gets billed as the greatest of all time or it's a must-see. And, you know, it ends up being a letdown. It's kind of like Iron Man 3, as long as we're talking about the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Everybody was so excited for Iron Man 3 to come out. And it was probably the worst Marvel movie that's come out in that whole line of movies. I mean, there, it, it's some, maybe the buildup ruined it, Nick. If we went in there with no prior, you know, conceptions, then it probably wouldn't have been that bad. Probably wouldn't have been that bad, but but that's the one thing. Sometimes, whether it's music, movies, sports, there's this tendency to overhype things. And like I said, overhype, deliver. But I was all if I don't go back to this. Yes, we miss if I don't go back to this point. Uh, like I said uh, in the fight with Mayweather and Pacquiao, there was some holding go- going on, and there was some booze that followed because Mayweather, Pacquiao, and, and a headlock like a WD, WWE wrestler. But to me, I, I think it would, the onus was on the ref inside the ring to get some balance in and gain control of that fight and possibly take some points away from, from Floyd Mayweather when he did not do that. And, and that's why people were wondering, was the fix in? It was, you know, the cheating aspect of it. And that's one of our topics today. I would call it the death of sportsmanship. And Mario, you play baseball and in college and in high school, when you were around the locker room, did you hear from other players or maybe coaches, you know, the fact of trying to enhance your play or make the possibility of a team win that much more by doing certain things? You know, only, the only really the, the only really thing that we could do in baseball was try and steal the other team's signs. I mean, aside from that, this is the stuff that you see at the major league level as far as corked bats and, you know, steroids. I, I would think, I mean, at least in my locker room, there were no there was nobody doing steroids, at least not in front of anyone else. If it was going on, it was behind closed doors, you know, and yours truly wasn't getting into any of that. But uh, aside from stealing signs, which isn't really cheating – because, you know, it's just kind of part of the game. We we would never do anything like that. And maybe it's just because it was high school and college. And, you know, we were there more to have a good time than, you know, really compete. They're not, it's not, not compete, but, you know, win at all costs, I should say. So uh, me personally, I don't have anything towards that. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure in the NFL locker room, the story was a lot different for you. Well, I'll say this, you know, whether it's sports or society, and you've heard this term before, if you're not cheating, you're, you're not, not trying. trying. And Come usually, on. I, I, listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm not saying that I, I follow these rules and, and that was my, you know, something that I could go sleep with. And, and when I came out, you know, I'm going to use that because my coach said that to me. Also, you know, it's not cheating until you get caught. I mean, those are the things that are constantly promoted in sports, in our society. So it's but like, how many well, times do you have to get caught cheating before you have to pay for what you've done? I mean, I, I assume that you're leading into the uh, to the Patriots. How many times are they going to be caught cheating before they have to be held responsible for their actions? Well, it's, it, to me, it's not just about the fact of being caught cheating. It's the consequences that come down from it. If the consequences are not levied, you know, that stiffly against them and heavy against them, what is there for them to stop doing it? What is there to stop doing it? And, you know, we'll talk to, you know, well, that's long why they time. Stopped. That's, a, that's exactly why they haven't stopped, Nick. That's a great point. I mean, they keep get, it keeps getting brought to the forefront. People keep paying attention to it and people keep reporting on it. And these reports are coming out. But what's being done? I mean, it's nice when your team owner is BFFs with the commissioner. That's all I'm going to say. Well, that's that very true. And coming up after the break, we'll talk to Broncos and Baltimore tight end and three-time Super Bowl champ Shannon Sharp and get his take on deflate gate and the death of sportsmanship. Is it still the same? It, it's, 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 not, it's not cheating. You know, is it really cheating? What's the difference between, you know, incentives and bounty gate? Hey, it's out there in sports. It's out there in society. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from the great Shannon Sharp, a guy who's very outspoken and his perspective 
on Deflategate and more. You're listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, here on Voice of Force. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to secondary perspective with nick ferguson to get in the lineup for today's show please call 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com now, back to the show. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to be talking to Shannon Sharp, three-time Pro Bowl winner, Denver Broncos and the Baltimore Ravens. He is the master of verbal intimidation. We'll see what sparked him to now become the mouth of the South. But we'll talk to him uh, just in a little bit. But Mario, before we went to break, we were still talking about a deflate gate, and we will pick up with that when Shannon gets here on the line and join the program. But to me, once again, if, if you don't do something to the Patriots, Something detrimental to make the Patriots and other teams think twice about doing something like this or even more, then what's the sense for them to stop? It's just like when you're, when, if, when you're and you're going to say, look, Mario, don't put your hand in the cookie jar. And they just kind of gave you false threats like, we're going to do this and this, is my, what, this might happen. And then they never fulfill on their part of the bargain What's to say you don't go back in that cookie jar? I always did, man. If they exactly. threatened me with certain things and then they didn't follow through, I would keep doing it. And right now we're joined by former Broncos tight end and Baltimore Ravens tight end. Like I said, three. He's part of the NFL all-decade team and one of the best pass-catching tight ends in NFL history. And he is living proof that you can make it from Savannah State College to Canton, Ohio, with a little hard work and a little bit of luck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program, Shannon Sharp. Sharp, Hello. thank you for joining us. Yes. Listen, Sharp, you know what? I was just saying before we had you on the line, you had mastered the verbal intimidation. Did that kickstart? were back at Savannah State majoring in criminal justice, or that was just something that you and your brother kind of kicked around to see who was the best talker in the house? Well, I'm always a talker. But let me tell you, you said about luck. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. When you get an opportunity, if you take advantage of that opportunity, good things can happen. There's no such thing as luck. There's no four-leaf clover. There's no leprechauns and no rain, and pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's hard work, and there's a price to be paid to be successful. And if you're willing to pay that price, 
there's a greater chance you can be successful. Now, for me, talking is, you know, my mom was a talker, my brother was a talker, I'm a talker, and it was just a part of my game. And I never had a coach that had a problem with me talking because for the most part, they knew I was going to go out there and back up whatever I said during the course of the week or whether I was talking on the field, I was going to fulfill my end of the, uh, the bargain. What well, Shannon, I mean, I read your, your quotes and your words earlier this week when you talked about the flake gate and what should happen with the Patriots organization and the fact of losing draft choices and maybe being suspended for two to four games. But when Robert Kraft is BFFs with Roger Goodell, do you think that's going to happen? I think it has to. Um, everybody knows that the New England Patriots is the gold standard franchise. Everybody knows that Tom Brady is the model. But, see, we've never had a situation where a Mount Rushmore quarterback or a person of Tom Brady's caliber has ever been ensnared in something that involves the integrity of the National Football League. Now, the commissioner this offseason, when he was going through what he was going through about not enough punishment for Adrian Peterson, not enough punishment for Greg Hardy or Ray Rice, he hired all these czars. He hired a lady that worked in the NYPD uh, I think she was a, 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 a SVU, a sexual assault. She handled that. He just hired the former head of the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. He just he doesn't need any of those people to help him decide what he needs to do with this. He already knows what he needs to do. The question is, is he going to do it? Well, if you just joined us, we're talking to Hall of Fame tight end, three-time Super Bowl winning champion for the Baltimore Ravens and the Denver Broncos. You can follow him on Twitter at Sharp, at Shannon Sharp. You Some of the wording is, and the language is kind of non-commental. When you hear the words like probable and likely, it just seems like it's a little inconclusive to saying, well, Look, how much all involvement... That. That forget all that. Don't, 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 don't even think about probable. Don't even think uh, 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 greater than Look at the text between the two individuals. Look at the text messaging. They're talking about underinflating the football. Equipment men don't do anything. Nick, you played. You know they don't tinker with your shoulder pads. They don't tinker with your cleats. They don't tinker with your helmet. Not one time. I played 14 years in the National Football League, and with the exception of the last year, I never put air in my helmet. So even when I even when we went away or we came back home, I never had to worry about getting to my getting uh, putting my helmet on and saying, "Doug or Flip, it feels tight." Eddie Carroll, this feels tight on my head because they knew not to put air in my helmet because I didn't want it. Shannon, I, we got to ask you just straight up. It, it, this has been proven. I mean, there's there's no dancing around it anymore. The the Wells report That's came it. out. What needs to happen? to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, in your opinion. So let's say you're Roger Goodell, and I think we would all agree that would be a better world. You're Roger Goodell. You're the man in the chair. What are you doing? What? Just, just tell me straight up. What are you doing? How do you handle Tom this? Brady, Tom Brady is going to have to come in and convince me. He's going to be suspended for a minimum two or four games, but he's got to convince me why he doesn't get half a season. He's and what can he say? What can he say me. to you, hypothetically? What can he say to you to keep it from being half of a season? You personally, what do you need to hear from him? He's gonna have to tell me. I had no knowledge of this, Commissioner. I'm gonna say, but okay, you say your agent says you don't know any of these ball boys. Why are you communicating with people that you know nothing of? Right. Why are you having 25 minute conversation with people you don't know? Why there's a nine minute conversation with people you don't know, Tom? Well, maybe he's What's just trying to be hat? a stand-up guy. Huh? I said maybe he's just trying to be a nice guy, a man of the people. What well, if that's his response? How many phone calls, how many times do you call a person and spend nine minutes on the phone that you don't know? Or 25 minutes on the phone that you don't know? Yeah, never. But, but Shannon, so at, that point point in time, at that point in juncture, he, he can't convince me that he, he shouldn't get four. So now I'm at eight. Now, I get this. They, they, they said, Mr. Kraft... Didn't have anything to do with it. Mr. Kraft is an awfully wealthy man. And for a man that's so wealthy, he'll know very little about his business. I find that very hard to believe. Bill Belichick knows everything. There is no stone that goes unturned in that building that Bill Belichick doesn't know about. 
And as the words of the commissioner told Sean Payton and the uh, uh, upper management of the New Orleans Saints, ignorance is not an excuse. If you didn't know, you should have known. See, right. because when I handed down the punishment at Spygate, I took a first-round draft pick. I find some people. But you learned absolutely nothing. Because here we are dealing with you again. And people say, well, this is nothing. Well, if it's nothing, why are the New England Patriots always involved in nothing? Why do we have to keep having, when it comes to integrity issues or questioning someone's credibility, it involves the New England Patriots? Now, he kicked uh, uh, Jim McKay off the uh, uh, competition committee for crowd noise. Jim McKay, a general manager, he has no idea what the entertainment going into the full time the, uh, the Georgia Dome. But he was voted off. They took a first round. They took a fifth round pick. They find him. That's the, But we're talking about a quarterback that's going to touch the football on every single play. And I get it. They won the game. They could have been playing with a cannonball. But you're not punishing the outcome. You're punishing the intent. Why? Did you underinflate the football if it wasn't going to give you or what you thought a competitive advantage? Why would you do exactly. it? We don't well, do you know, anything well, that we don't think we're going to get an advantage of. That's why people did. And see, don't give me the look. See, and what's racking my mind, and people say, well, Tom Brady is the gold standard quarterback. Okay. It wasn't good enough. And people say, well, it wasn't good enough for Barry Bonds. He had three MVPs. It was a, a 500 to 500 stolen base guy, but he wanted seven. Roger Clemens had four, three or four side young, but he wanted seven. Look at A-Rod. A-Rod did it, got caught, and did it again. <laughs> it's the same thing yeah, with the Patriots. They got caught, they got ensnared in Spygate, and they did something to the – look, I get it. It's not as bad, but it's in the rules. If it's unimportant. If pounds per square inch is unimportant to the football, take it out of the rule book, kind of like they're trying to do with the PAT. They say we have no more need for the PAT. They're trying to find a way to get it out. So if the balls, if the uh, uh, pressure in the ball is unimportant, take it out. Let them get, let the guys play with a twenty pound, a twenty pound per square inch ball, or fifth or five pound square inch ball, whatever it is, let them have at it. Yeah, but, but you Shannon, got rules it, that should be followed. Yeah, but isn't that the, the, the kind of motto that society and sports has in general when it says that if, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, and it's not cheating until you get caught? Isn't it something that's okay, kind of they promoted? So don't, don't say the system is flawed. Don't say, oh, well, what, the, uh, the NFL, the Colts tipped the NFL off, and the NFL didn't warn the Patriots. That's the whole purpose. Because if we warn you, you're going to say that's not true. So we wanted to let you go to see if you would actually use the balls that another team had already told us you were using. And lo and behold, you did exactly what they told us you were going to do. You used those footballs. Yeah, but even at that time, Shannon, you know, Roger Goodell held off the investigation while the Super Bowl uh, took place. So to me, if I am Greg Hardy, if I'm Adrian Peterson, and I'm Ray Rice, I'm looking at this situation like, What's Roger Goodell is going to do to satisfy me, not as a player who he suspended before? Nick, Nick here's the thing: this wasn't going to come. This investigation wasn't going to happen before the Super Bowl. This investigation wasn't going to happen before free agency. It wasn't going to happen before the draft. He did not want. This is all everybody's talking about right now. So this will supersede because you're talking about the Patriots. You're talking about the NFL team. So now this supersedes free agency. This supersedes the draft. He didn't want that. I don't care what anybody says. The investigation was thorough. 243 pages. It doesn't take almost four months to get this. Because you're dealing with one team and a few individuals. You're not talking about a corporation that has 20,000 people. And emails going to 500, 600 people. You're talking about text messages, probably between three, four people, max. Yep. How many people could actually have contact with those footballs before the game? Three, four, max. Who stood to benefit the most from having this done? Come on. So, so does, this, does this change your image or tarnish Tom Brady and New England Patriots' legacy? 
I look at it like this. I don't know how it doesn't because he has, even if you say Spygate, he had no knowledge of Spygate. How does he get around this? Now he's in this one. I mean, the whole report came out. How, 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 how did he get out of this? How does he escape saying, well, I knew nothing about this. And, let me, and I'm gonna leave, I want to leave you with this. When he did his interview, Right after this allegation came out, a reporter asking, Tom, are you a, do you consider yourself a cheater? I don't believe so. <laughs> that seems like a, like a pretty cut and dry yes or I no. I don't believe question. so. Go back and play it. They ask him, Tom, are you a cheater? I don't believe so. Shannon, are you a cheater? No, absolutely not. Did you have anything to do? Absolutely not. You want to take a look at my phone log? You want to look at my text messages? Don't you think that maybe no he should problem. have practiced that question? He should have practiced answering that question in the mirror. You know, had Giselle say, Tom, are you a cheater? And he'd been like, no, no, I am not. Maybe was he completely unprepared for that? Like, did, was he trying to be politically correct? There was no benefit in answering the question that way. You know what they need to do, Shannon? They need to call the National Guard. And, and and that's and that's and that's the problem right there. Just look, you if you do something, you got caught. Now you know in the past, fans. Well, we're not the only one that's doing it. That's the syndrome. We're not the only one doing it. Syndrome, but you got caught. So now it's you to answer for your repercussions. Cons- you know, repercussions have consequences. You did this. You knew this was against the rules. So whatever the punishment, the, the commissioner deemed appropriate. Gladly accept it. Stop trying to skirt and, and, well, there's no hardcore proof. You know, in the courtroom, they say reasonable doubt. They don't say all doubt. <laughs> we got enough probable <laughs> cause here, Tom Brady. We got enough probable cause here, bro. I'm sorry. And you put yourself in this situation. And the organ, because what, is it, what did they learn by losing a first-round draft pick when they had three? They took the latter of the three. What did they learn from being fined? Absolutely nothing. Because Absolutely most people, nothing. most corporations, if you do something, you get punished. You're like, I'm not doing that anymore. I've learned my lesson. Hey, the commissioner said I, he won't tolerate any, you know, any uh, misgivings that goes to the credibility and the integrity of the National Football League. Now, he stood up on the tallest box he could find in September and October and said this new personal conduct policy because what's happening off the field is giving the league a black eye. How does, and I don't condone what Ray Rice did. I thought Ray Rice should have got more games. Adrian Peters, I don't condone. Or Greg Hardy, I don't condone what they did. But how does what they did off the field goes to the integrity of the National Football League on the field? Was Ray Rice trying to gain a competitive advantage? Was Adrian Peterson trying to gain a competitive advantage? No. He wasn't. So we know what you say, how, you know, you hold the NFL because we are role models and you're holding to a high standard. Okay. So what's the standard for cheating? How high, how high of a standard is that being held to? Yeah, that, that's exact, That's a great point. Everybody's being held to a different standard. And like you said, it, obviously it's not okay what those other men did, but – Wrong is wrong and right is right. There's really no gray area, and they're clearly in the wrong here. So are they going to be disciplined or not? So let me ask you this, Shane. I asked you how you would personally handle it. Now tell me what you think is going to happen. Not what you want to happen, but the punishment that you think think is going to occur. I do think Tom Tom Brady will get suspended um, between two and four games. I do think the team will be fined, and I think they'll lose a draft pick. Probably not a one. But I do think the team will be fine. Brady will be suspended, and they will lose a draft pick. Well, that's the great Shannon Sharp. You can follow him on Twitter at Shannon Sharp. Thank you. It's a pleasure to having you on and no giving problem, your guys. perspective Enjoy. of what's going on. Appreciate it. Coming up after the break, we'll talk more. We'll talk MVP. That's NBA MVP, Steph Curry. And you don't want to miss that. Mario, very We'll be back on the opposite side of this break. Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, here on Voice America Sports. 
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Kababu, Shannon Sharp, who was on that segment. Very passionate commentary from uh, Shannon, and that was some audio from Shannon. Back in the day when he was playing against the New England Patriots, called the National Guard, as Mario alluded to earlier in the program, because we are killing the Patriots. Killing them. That must be the, the, the motto for today. Hashtag that, Mario. You can go ahead and hashtag that right now. Yeah, I already That's did. Yeah, you should already. Okay, excellent, excellent. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. He is at Mile High Mario. Uh, and also you can follow me on Facebook at Nick Ferguson underscore 25 to get into the conversation or give me any kind of comments that you want, a subject matter you want us to discuss on programs. Of course, we're talking about uh, the flag something that's going to be out there for a while, I believe, Mario, because I still stand by this until the attitude change as far as it's not cheating until you get caught. And if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Until that changes, it's already out there. And you got to think about it. What are the main benefits for someone to try to either enhance himself or his team? There are financial benefits. There's fame. There's pro and as far as talking football, there are Super Bowls, and you can pretty much etch your name into well, yeah, NFL. We already, we already saw the benefit. <laughs> I mean, and, and look, I'm, I'm going to preface this really quick, Nick. I'm not saying that right. they won the Super Bowl because the footballs were deflated. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to say that, you know, when they played against the Colts, if they didn't have deflated footballs, that they would have won. But, you know, this, this raises the question, Nick. How long has this been going on? You know, it, this was just kind of like a, a freak thing where they just happened to notice that the footballs were different and someone came out and said something. You know, maybe it happened in the past and the people are like, oh, maybe I'm just being neurotic. Or, you know, Tom Brady throws an interception with the deflated ball and the defender says, oh, well, this ball feels different, but he's a defender. So maybe, you know, he doesn't know or he doesn't want to be the guy to come out and say, oh, well, this ball felt different. It only took one person 
But maybe it took, you know, the whole season, but maybe a few games, maybe a couple of years. We don't know how long this has been going on, Nick. We just know that it has happened. So if you want to talk about the benefits from cheating, what happened the last time the Patriots cheated, Nick? During Spygate. That was a whole big thing. They won the Super Bowl. Then they got called for it, called out for it. And they kind of fell into obscurity. They were always a good team, but they couldn't get over that hump. Uh, They were luckily in a very bad division that they won every single year. So they're in the playoffs. They had some home field advantage, but they never really seen like a Super Bowl winning team after that. And then now they, they start to get back on track. But Nick, we talked about it on this very show at the beginning of last season. Remember how badly Tom Brady was struggling Remember how we were talking about his fantasy football value and how everybody was dropping him? We went, we took it that far, Nick, and he said, when I start to suck, that's when I'm going to retire. And we were saying, well, TikTok goes the Tom Brady suck clock because here it comes. And then all of a sudden, he became Tom Brady of 2007, Nick. He became the guy that he hasn't been in nearly a decade. And we just thought, oh, well, it's just Tom Brady. Let's just accept it. Uh, he's a great quarterback. How do we know that the success that he had this year wasn't because of the deflated footballs? Now, I'm not accusing or saying (laughs) that that is, in fact, the case, but we just got to keep it in mind, man. If he didn't think that he needed that for an advantage, then he wouldn't have done it. We can't get inside the mind of Tom Brady. He is obviously a fierce competitor. Obviously, he puts winning above all else. And when you live your life that way, then you start to do things that you regret. It was just like what Shannon said. Barry Bonds hit all those home runs. But why? Like, how was he able to do it? Roger Clemens won all those Cy Youngs. How was he able to do it? These men, they're just wired a little bit differently. It's fine to be competitive, Nick. It's fine to want to win at all costs because that's how I am too. I will do anything to win at anything except bend or break the rules. If I'm not doing it myself with my own skill, then what have I actually accomplished? If I'm doing something that is helping me to win or to give me an advantage, something that the other guy, the guy next to me that I'm competing against isn't doing, then I'm not actually winning, Nick. There's not an even playing field. The only other thing that I can say as to why he might do it, maybe he's under the impression that other people do it too. And he's like, well, I'm just trying to even the play field. But that's a cop-out well, excuse a minute, in my well, opinion. Well, well, you know what? I, I'll say this, and, and Shannon touched on it. it. It goes to the mind and ideology of that particular individual. We heard the great Jerry Rice come out later and said, I mean, years after he retired, and, and everyone was wondering, why would he say it now? And that's turning possibly the fact that hey listen i used stick him at some point in my career with san francisco 49ers but everyone was doing it that's not an excuse like i tell my son just because someone else is doing it doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it right from wrong but i'm going to give you a list of individuals who take it amongst amongst themselves to go outside the boundaries of sportsmanship, call it for fame call it for whatever you want now ryan braun uh mlb a right fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. Infamous Lance Armstrong. We, we know his backstory. We know a culprit in the Tour de France. Uh, Jerry Rice, as I mentioned, you know, A-Rod. And then, of course, I mean, journalists get into sports as well. Uh, Brian Williams. I mean, he, too, himself has cheated in his broadcast saying something happened a particular way when it really didn't happen. So, right. so that, is, that is the whole thing. It, it boils down to either that coach, that player, or those team members collectively buying into the fact of saying it's not cheating unless you get caught. Or if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So once again, that is something that's out there, not in just sports, but in our society as a whole. Real quickly, in the music business, uh, they have something called payola. And, and basically what that is is that the, the, the record company that has the artist that's coming out, they pay a particular artist's music in heavy rotation. So it's not just Tom Brady and the Patriots. Now, once again, I'm not condoning cheating, but I want everyone to take a look at the whole thing. It is something that's been woven into the fabric of society that everyone 
kind of into. There have been colleges that shit as far as legal given players. Some of those things are still under investigation. We still don't know. Not just Shannon. Early, look at the Atlanta Falcons. They were they had to pay a hefty fine, and Rich McCabe was demoted from the competition committee because they were piping artificial music or sound into the Georgia Dome to give them an advantage. And don't forget Ray Farmer from the uh, Cleveland Browns. He was fined too and suspended as well because what? He was calling down to the field, talking about players and plays, something that is forbidden in the NFL. So let's not be mistaken. This is something that goes around and happens within the ramifications of sports. So it's not the Patriots. The only thing is they got caught. That's something important. Like I said, if there's not something that is a hefty fine or something that happens, say that something would prevent them from doing it in the near future. So, it, it, yeah, it all boils down to what happens now. We need to, I mean, we, we need to take into consideration what we think is going to happen with uh, with this whole situation. You know, will Roger Goodell actually step up and do what he think is right? You heard it from Shannon, and he said it straight from his mouth. Tom Brady needs to get at least two to four games. If it was up to Shannon, he would get half a season. Okay, so now Tom Brady, maybe he has a meeting with Roger Goodell. Maybe he meets up with them and they figure everything out. But I don't really like the sound of that. And that was like the one thing that I disagreed with upon Shannon is, you know, you give Tom Brady a chance to talk to Roger Goodell Maybe Brady says, you know what, I've brought in a lot of money for you, um, jersey sales and sold tickets. And, you know, it, it's all the NFL is all one big monopoly. It's one big conglomerate. So, you know, I, I wouldn't trust Tom Brady talking to him because maybe he says, you know, I have brought you in a lot of money. Maybe you just let this slide. Give me a two game suspension, a little slap on the wrist because I know that you have to do something. Hopefully Roger Gundell can step up, can man up. And do what he actually needs to do. He quote unquote dropped the hammer on Ray Rice and Greg Hardy and Adrian Peterson and all these guys that had, you know, their their domestic violence and the cases that we know all too well about with them. This is a completely different situation. This pertains to things that are happening on the field right now. And again, like Shannon said, not to condone. What these other guys did, what Peterson and Hardy and all these other guys did off the field because it is deplorable and it's terrible. That's off the field. Now you're talking about stuff happening on the field. This is your product, NFL football, professional football. This is basically Roger Goodell's product because he is in charge of everything. He needs to take the proper steps in order to preserve the game. And what's the most messed up about it, this could have happened to 31 of the other NFL quarterbacks, and it would not have been as big a deal because those teams did not win the Super Bowl. If the Patriots don't win the Super Bowl, then I don't think this is as big a deal as people are making making it. But because they won the ultimate prize, Nick, because they were the champions, the best team in the National Football League, now it becomes an issue. And it is on the forefront. And Roger Goodell needs to do what's right. He needs to squash this. Make an example of him if you have to. But this is a big deal. If you get caught cheating, it doesn't matter how you get caught cheating. If you're doing something that is giving you advantage over somebody else, then you need to be held responsible. Back when Sean Payton was paying players to take out other guys, he was gone for a year, Nick, because it was premeditated. It was a little harsh, but he made an example out of him. That's what needed to happen. So if he got a year for that then how could Tom Brady get anything less than eight games? How could Bill Belichick not be held responsible? You heard what Shannon said. He knows every, every stone that gets turned over, every little whisper that happens in that organization, you know Bill Belichick knows about it. So being naive to the fact does not do him any justice because you know that's a cop-out. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, go back to uh, Jim Ursay, uh, the coach owner. I mean, everyone thought that his fine for having the cash, being pulled over for the DUI, and illegal his bag was a slap on the wrist. Once again, you got to remember, Roger Goodell works for these individuals. Robert Kraft was one of the head owners that handpicked Roger Goodell to supersede and take over for 
Paul Tagliabue, the previous NFL commissioner. So once again, when they sit in the room and you say to yourself, BFFs, what would you do to your BFF in this particular situation? Because remember, Robert Kraft said, if you don't have adequate concrete information or evidence that this took place, you need to move on. You need to step off. So he, so you're trying to tell me right now, and I tried, and I talked to Shannon about this. Why them now going to have to go and reprimand the guys that pay his paycheck? That forty-four million dollar paycheck that he cash every year, it comes from rubber crap and these owners. So he's going to have to really think twice about biting the hand that feeds him. Well, and, but this is also a case where he needs to earn the money that he's making. He makes way too much money to do what he does, Nick. What does he actually do? Nobody knows. He's just a figurehead. He needs to earn his money. And while Robert Kraft is one of the people that employed him, like you said, there are 31 other owners in the league right now wondering what's going to happen, wondering if their personal relationship – I'm talking about Rod, uh Robert Kraft and Roger Goodell, if their personal relationship is going to affect this at all. Because the 31 other owners, they want justice. Their teams were not cheating as far as we know, as far as it's come out, and the Patriots were. There were 31 teams that played by the rules, and what did it get them? Nothing. The one team that was found cheating, they won the ultimate prize. That is going to rub a lot of people, especially owners, the wrong way. These owners own the team because they want to win a Super Bowl. They surround their team with guys that can win them a Super Bowl. And when that starts getting put into question, that's when you start having second thoughts. Well, I I guess second thoughts, but that is our secondary perspective on Deflate Gate, I know this story is going to continue. It's going to be something that ongoing is going to kick into the summer OTAs and training camp, and we have not heard the last of it. So now we have to sit back and wait and see what Roger Gale decides to do. In this case, like she said, the gold standard in quarterback, gold standard in organization, will finds be leveled down with suspensions, draft choices. What will it take to get the organization to get on board and to follow these rules. I want to thank Shannon Sharp for joining us. Justin, for keeping the boards working perfectly. Back in Arizona, Mario, is, as always, it's been a pleasure. And maybe we can talk Justin into going to see the movies Avengers if he hasn't already. So, Oh, man, Justin, you got to see it. Enjoy your awesome. Friday. He's got to see it. I could have gave him a spoiler alert, but I will not do that. But enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. And we will see you back here next week. Secondary respect. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.